0: support for always sunny and chief's kingdom is brought to you by manscaped thanks to listener participation over the last several months manscaped has been kind enough to sponsor the podcast as long as people continue using our promo code sunny in to get 20 percent off their entire orders so thanks to everyone who's helped us out so far uh this is incredible check out this suggested intro for the ad read With live sports being back, it's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. So our partners at Manscaped want to make sure your Nuggets are safe as possible when they meet the Clippers. Ah, what wordplay, that's great. But for real, it's been amazing to be partners with them. I've been super impressed with their products. Per their ad copy, Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower Trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash-tipped tweezers, Rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code sunnyinkc at manscaped.com and take your grooming game to the next level. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: So I was talking to my brother and he, I guess, he listens to the show. I, I know you have brothers as well. I have a younger brother. I have a, a younger sister also. I'm the oldest of three. My sister's three years younger than me and my brother's six years younger than me. And he was never really super into sports because I was never really super into sports when we we lived in the same household that was really more of like a kind of my college days that I really got into sports but he was very into gaming and so that was our big thing you know like we weren't competing against each other in sports but we were sure we were very competitive yes very competitive in the eSports <laughs> realm and I I was thinking about this this weekend apropos of nothing when you know, I was thinking back to my my peak, probably as a gamer when I was probably you know twenty or twenty one. That's like kind of your, mm-hmm. your peak years when I was in college. You know, I was on my own. I, I had my own you know you know, my own schedule. If I didn't want to go to class, I don't want to play video games all day. Right, I could do that. And so that my brother Reed would have been around fourteen, fifteen at this time. And this was the year two thousand seven that Command and Conquer three came out, and uh, we were big. We were big RTS real time strategy gamers. So. What I remember vividly about this game was when we first bought it. Like I would, you know, like I I'd been playing. Like Reed probably started like playing video games, computer games against me when he was probably like six or seven. You know, he was terrible sure. because yeah. your He's your motor six. skills <laughs> aren't very really developed, your yeah. brain's not developed. You just are not like, good at anything at that. Yeah, age. you're not you're not good at anything. And um, so so he was finally starting to get. You know, you get in your early teenage years and and. You know, this is back in 2007, you know, before before we, we reached the peak gaming culture that we have now. But still, you know, you're starting to get competitive. And so we got this game and we used to play it online. And I remember there was this uh, unit called the Flame Tank. And I used to just, like, I used to just kill him hard every game with the flame tank i would flame tank rush him i remember i i had like a streak where i like flame tank rushed him like nine or ten games in a row and and i couldn't do anything about it i killed him in like five minutes every single game Mm. and like i would do it there would be like slight variations on it like you know your your little war factory or whatever you build your flame tanks around sometimes i would proxy it that's that's the gamer lingo for when you build it (laughs) like in a secret location on the map like you send out a little uh, worker guy to build it like in a corner where he doesn't know it's coming. And then, you know, you got flame tanks coming in from the back of your base, burning (laughs) all your buildings to the ground. And I don't remember when this streak ended, but eventually, you know, like eventually your baby brother takes one off of you Mm -hmm. and it feels bad, man. Like Mm -hmm. it feels bad. But then the game after that, you're like, man, I'm gonna beat that ass.
0: <laughs> I think I see where you're going with this. Um, before we kind of bring this whole thing around to, to home, I I want to share a similar story with my not little brother, who I was very. I'm only two years older than, and we were very competitive in our video games, but never really. I never really had a huge advantage on him, but who I did have a huge advantage on was our cousin, who is, I guess five years younger than me and loved Madden and he loved watching my little brother, Todd and I play Madden because it was always competitive and it was fun and high scoring. And so he always wanted to play with us, but I mean, bless his heart kid just was too young and we would not go easy on him at all, (laughs) at all. I mean, it would be 70 something to nothing. And it was kind of like we wanted to get back to playing each other. So we would just crush him into oblivion until there was nothing left. Uh, He did. However, Grow up, and now he like runs an esports league. And last time we played Madden at a Christmas like three years ago, he completely he had been waiting for this game for like <laughs> his years. whole life. I mean, he absolutely trashed me. He was running manual like players manually on defense. He was doing all kinds of stuff that was way above my league. And so, Blake, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you for leveling up above me in video games. But at one point, I had you every time. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. We are recording this on a Thursday night instead of our usual Wednesday night. We held off another night because the city around me is threatening to burn to the ground, and I'm back in court every day, and I get like five hours of sleep every night. But you know what? We are here with another episode, and Taylor, breaking news tonight. We got him. We got him. The chief signed the recently... Released Le'Veon Bell, former running back for the Adam Gase Jets. He is now a chief on a one-year deal. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about very briefly because we we want to put it in the past, the baby brother Raiders taking their one game off of us. And then we're gonna preview this. Upcoming matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills, which is going to be played on a Monday afternoon. Very strange world that we're living in here, Taylor. But first, let's just get it out of the way. Let's just let's just talk about. I, I mean, five minutes yeah, tops. Sure, but sure. so the Raiders came to Arrowhead this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, a, an Arrowhead that featured you know a fifteen percent or whatever capacity crowd. Uh, they beat the Chiefs in a game where the Chiefs, frankly, played. Fairly poorly, uh, the officiating was terrible, and the Raiders won this game, and they won it by one score, eight points. Taylor, your thoughts? They played the game
0: in an unusual fashion for the Raiders, and it yes. caught the Chiefs by surprise. They actually threw the ball deep, and yep. clearly, the secondary for the Chiefs, which who had, who had been playing magnificently for the first four games of the year, absolutely were locked in they were a top you know a top pass defense and then they just kept losing guys they lost Henry Ruggs they lost Nelson Aguilar they lost Darren Waller they, they just weren't uh sound and the Raiders were beating them over the top which is something that as all of us who have trashed on Derek Carr rightfully so since 2014 are aware of he doesn't beat people over the top he's gun shy he he just is a dinkin and dunker and He went out in this game and this was his life was on the line. This was just an ordinary game for the Chiefs. But for the Raiders, it meant absolutely the world. It was their Super Bowl, no question about it. And he, to his credit, performed in a way that Derek Carr in Arrowhead has never performed before, which is like a capable starting quarterback in the NFL. And you're right, the lack of crowd probably played a factor in there because normally he's very rattled, he's very, he, he throws a lot of picks, he just plays horribly in Arrowhead, and that wasn't quite um, the case on Sunday. But at the end of the day, yep, the Raiders got him. The Raiders played a perfect game, the Chiefs played a D game, and the Raiders won by eight. Congratulations, Oakland. I'm still going to call you Oakland. Um, good, good job, I guess.
1: Yeah, what makes this game so frustrating and – again we're not going to spend very much time on this but the chiefs got worked by the raiders in areas that they should not have gotten worked by the raiders so Mm -hmm. obviously Derek carr beating them over the top now listen henry ruggs pretty good player um he he was coming off an injury he had been out for a few games um But Derek Carr threw some pretty good deep passes in this game, which is not something that Derek Carr typically does. And so, obviously, whenever you're you're game planning for an opponent, you're playing tendencies. And you saw it two weeks ago when they played the Patriots. The Patriots were double-teaming his checkdowns. And he had no answer. And he had no answer for it. And then this week, he came out and torched the Chiefs over the top. And on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs' offensive line got – Worked in this game by a pretty bad Raiders pass rush. That to me was the the frustrating part of the game. Like if if Derek Carr is going to throw deep, you know, with in front of 13,000 people at Arrowhead or whatever, and that's their game plan to beat the Chiefs. Fine, you know, like occasionally maybe he'll get lucky if that's how you want to play, right? Like maybe he'll hit one or two passes over the top, which he did in this game, and and got some help from the referees too. But, man, the Chiefs' offensive line just got worked in this game. I don't know if it was, you know, health obviously losing Kolechio Simile in this game probably for the season. season. Let's just say it. He, he like, tore both of his knees in this game. Bad loss. I don't know if it was Patrick Mahomes, you know, drifting uh, too far back in the pocket what it was. But, man, I did not expect a Raiders pass rush that features – who even pass rushes for the Raiders. <laughs> Clay right. Cleveland Farrell, you know, uh, Max, yeah, Crosby. Max Crosby, you yeah, the two X's. Meh. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it wasn't it wasn't a good game, Taylor. It wasn't a good game.
0: No, it wasn't. Um, you know, we're just gonna it, it happens. It broke a ton of streaks for the Chiefs, like a ton of them.
1: I just want to close it out though to circle back to our introduction. The the thing that turned me around on this game, because the, I'll be frank with you, Taylor, this game basically ruined my whole weekend. And sure. I, <laughs> it just was awful to lose to the Raiders in the way that we lost to them was extremely frustrating. And it made me very, very, very angry. But then on Monday afternoon, I saw this tweet from Nick Jacobs and it turned my whole perspective around. Per one of my contacts, the Raiders requested the police, I can't even read of that last thing. The Raiders requested the police escort allow them to quote, take a victory lap and quote around Arrowhead stadium in the team buses before they headed up to the airport. Sad. The Raiders won a regular season game in front of a virtually empty Arrowhead stadium by eight points in week five. And they wanted to take a victory <laughs> lap around the stadium in their buses. All right. I mean, like, this was, this was baby brother getting his first win in Madden or Red Alert or Command & Conquer, Starcraft, whatever it is, mm-hmm. against big brother, right? And I'm telling you, when the Chiefs play the Raiders again, they're going to humiliate them. They're going to crush them is going to be brutal it's going to be ugly the Raiders are going to wish that they had never been born (laughs) we can move on
0: let's move on let's talk about Le'Veon Bell it's fun it's exciting he's a new piece um there's something that I have seen go around a lot recently which is some hope for people that have thought that Le'Veon has kind of lost a step or two in his older age and that is and by the way he's 28 I, I mean that in the fact that since his days with the Steelers, he has not performed with the Jets. Um, There have been a lot of uh, talk of the players that have left Adam Gase's genius coaching that apparently he's (laughs) some sort of mastermind, which I've never seen in play out on the football field. But I just want to go through some players and talk about their time with Adam Gase and their time after Adam.
1: This is going to be good. I I have thoughts on this. Yep. Yeah.
0: So we'll start with uh, a player that you and I have a lot of um, interesting discussions with in general, and that's Jarvis Landry, current wide receiver for the Browns. Trash wide receiver, absolutely trash. Was featured heavily in the Dolphins' offense.
1: Yes, in the Adam Gase trash offense. Right. This is this is going to be the only player on this list that was better with Adam Gase. Sure. Maybe wasn't even that much. And it's not even really all. all. Better so, as a fantasy player because Adam Gase ran his entire offense through a, a slot crappy, receiver that runs like a four eight,
0: right? Which is uh, says as much about Adam Gase as it does Jarvis Landry. So yeah,
1: now he's doing it with Jamison Crowder,
0: <laughs> right? So with stats with Adam Gase in 32 games, Jarvis Landry had 206 catches for 2100 yards, uh, 10 yards a catch, 13 touchdowns, and with out or after Adam Gase, 35 games, about the same sample size. 185 catches 2430 yards so more yards he's at 13 yards per reception instead of 10 has 10 touchdowns and basically despite not being the focal point of the offense like he was in Miami he is a he is the similar production as the wide receiver two with the Browns just goes to show that yeah he probably second has wide receiver on another team.
1: 300 fewer targets yeah exactly yeah, exactly, yeah, just exactly. so
0: we'll go on to one of the quarterbacks that was throwing to him in his days in Miami Ryan Tannehill everybody knows Ryan Tannehill he is now the uh Titans Titan starting quarterback in 24 games in Miami with Adam Gase Ryan Tannehill threw 36 touchdowns to 21 picks for 5,000 yards mm. and in 16 games so uh, two-thirds of the games he has 31 touchdown passes compared to 36 and only seven picks compared to 20 wow. and 3,750 yards passing. So he he's increased his yards per game, about 25. He's way cut down on his interceptions. He's, his touchdown pace is way outstripping what it was. He's just a much, much, much better quarterback. Took the Titans, to the AFC championship game looks like one of the, you know, a, a great story of someone that leaves Adam Gase. We're going to move on to JJ who, was a running back with the Dolphins um, under Adam Gase. And when he was traded to the Dolphins, uh, or sorry, traded to the Eagles from the Dolphins, in 22 games with Gase, he had 1,700 yards and eight touchdowns. And then in 14 games after, he had 600 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, paces there are about equal, but Jay Ajayi was definitely a more effective back in Philadelphia than he was in Miami. Moving on real quick. Mike Kosicki a uh, really good tight end for the dolphins these days. He yeah, is great. he is a stud young tight end like him a lot. He played a whole year under Adam Gase in 2018, had 22 catches for 200 yards, no touchdowns, 12 yards a game. Meh. In 21 games since, zero touchdowns.
1: Yeah. That's for a tight end,
0: you always target the tight end in the in the yeah, red zone. As you'll find crazy. in the 21 games since, he right. has a nice 69 receptions for 850 yards at 12 yards nice. a catch, seven touchdowns, and 40 yards a game. So he wow. is an entirely new player. I mean, Mike Kosicki is a weapon, and he was an afterthought
1: with Adam. Well, Gage. but of course he was an afterthought. They were too busy throwing it to Jarvis Landry. Well, <laughs> exactly. Jarvis Landry was in Cleveland, but you exactly. get my point. They, Three they were trying left. to find a replacement for Jarvis Landry.
0: Yes. Three players left. Devontae Parker. Really, really good offensive weapon, in my opinion, for Miami these days. Uh, He's their best wide receiver. In 39 games with Adam Gase, 137 catches, 1,700 yards, six touchdowns, 44 yards a game. In 21 games, so about half the games, he has 98 receptions compared to 137, 1,530 yards compared to 1,700 yards, and 11 touchdowns compared to six at 70 yards a game. So Devontae Parker is a whole new man. I mean, th- I'm sure le- Adam Gase leaving the Dolphins probably made Devontae Parker $20 million. I mean, he is as thankful as anybody that, that yeah. Adam Gase has gone. Uh, we all know Kenyon Drake's story. He was a running back, kind of an a afterthought, bad running back with the Dolphins. They flipped him to Arizona last year, and he became – this monster in Arizona that was scoring touchdowns. Barreling towards us. Barreling towards us. In 48 games under Adam Gase, 48 games, four whole years, 16, 17, 18, 19. He had 1,300 yards rushing, which is only 28 yards a game, and he had nine touchdowns in 48 games. Then in 19 games since, with the Cardinals, 1,100 yards compared to 13, 59 yards a game compared to 28, and 10 touchdowns compared to nine. So in less than half, in about um, a third of the games, he hit the yardage mark that he hit in 48 games. He outscored him. I mean, Kenyon Drake also looks like a completely different back outside of Miami. I mean, that's a, that's a no brainer there. Finally, Robbie Anderson, poor Robbie Anderson spent 2019 on the Jets and was exciting and fun. He's a speedster. He had his moments. He had, in 16 games, he had 52 receptions for 780 yards, five touchdowns, about 50 yards a game. Pretty, pretty decent for a Jets wide receiver. In only five games with the Carolina Panthers since then, after he left Adam Gase, 36 receptions for 489 yards at 97 yards a game. So, I mean, Robbie Anderson is now one of the yardage leaders in the NFL in receiving through five games of the year. And clearly you can already tell the trend that's been the same trend for all the other guys is going to hold true with Robbie Anderson, that the moment he gets out of the grasp of Adam Gase, he blossoms and he turns into the player that everybody always knows he could be. And that just brings us all back to Le'Veon Bell. And, And it's just one of those situations where he was amazing in Pittsburgh. He comes to the Jets. And even though he wasn't good with the Jets, he still managed to rack up twelve hundred and fifty all-purpose yards last year on the Jets. And now he gets to leave Adam Gase. He gets to leave the least talented roster in football and come to the most talented roster in football. And
1: that's with the best super play call exciting. and the best quarterback in football. I I just wanted to point out um some numbers from Pat Thorman, who normally is not worth your time, frankly. He's <laughs> he's annoying. <laughs> but he tweets this, which I, I think is instructive. Le'Veon Bell's average yards before initial contact with the Steelers, 1.75 yards before contact okay. is what he was averaging. So that's what his offensive line was giving yep. him to work gets with. Gets past
0: the line of scrimmage, gets two yards past before anybody even really messes with him. Yep.
1: The Jets were giving him 0.58 yards oh, before no. contact. Ugh. Now was forced to miss tackles per touch. So the amount of times he's making people miss – per touch mm-hmm. Steelers 0.2, so one miss tackle every five touches. Mm-hmm. And with the Jets, it was 0.19. So okay. it's essentially the same.
0: So he's the same now, guy.
1: He doesn't quite have now nah, he's never had elite top end speed. He's actually very similar to Clyde in that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he ran a four or something like that. But you know, he can make guys miss. And I think his versatility, I mean you know, once he gets behind, now I'm not going to say the Chiefs' offensive line has been incredibly <laughs> impressive it. this year because it is not, especially with the Simile out, which is a huge loss because he was playing really, really well. But Bell's versatility, his ability to split out wide, just gives the Chiefs a lot of flexibility and. He's great in pass protection. He's a very good pass blocker. That's going to give the Chiefs the ability to use him on third down, use him all over the formation. It's going to be a good fit, assuming he can kind of come in and pick up the playbook, but the Chiefs are definitely excited to have him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's just another... It. Some people have been saying it's like Shady McCoy last year. I'm not in that boat. I think that um, Le'Veon will have a bigger impact on the offense than what Shady had last year. But it's the same type of story where the, the Chiefs know they need to shore some, you know, some uh, depth up in the running back room and they bring in a veteran, they bring in a guy that's been an all pro and, and it's just, it's not going to hurt. It's just not going to hurt. And anyone who thinks who was worried about this signing, you know, I don't really think the character issues with Le'Veon are, are anything to really, give smoke to i think that there it was a lot of contract stuff it was a lot of professional stuff he wasn't you know a detriment to the jets locker room in any way from what i can tell i mean i am I'm, I'm super excited about it i think it's gonna be a yeah lot
1: and uh, i two things that i want to add to that number one he's now playing for a contract and the contract yeah. year as teresa Paler likes is <laughs>
0: undefeated yeah is
1: undefeated yeah and he's only 28. I mean, when LaShawn McCoy was here last year, LaShawn McCoy was 20 or was 31, excuse me. And, you know, Le'Veon sat out a year, too, and he's had some injuries in his career. So the, the tread on the tires is totally different between the yeah. two of those. Le'Veon has, in his career, 1,874 touches. So that would be um, receptions plus carries. LaShawn right. yep. McCoy, when he came to the Chiefs, had about 2,800. So, like a thousand more touches for LaShawn McCoy, even, despite only a three year age difference, uh, than Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we're talking about a good 30% more touches in his career than LaShawn um, McCoy had, or excuse me, than Le'Veon has now mm-hmm. when he comes to the Chiefs. So, and, and, you know, frankly, I mean, he didn't even, he's had, he's only appeared in two games this year with the Jets. He's only gotten 22 touches all year. So he's been dealing with some minor injuries. He's been banged up. He doesn't have the best injury history in his career. But if he can come in and pick up the playbook a little bit, he's yeah. going to make an impact. Now, he cannot play this week, unfortunately, nope. because he has to clear COVID protocol. And that brings us, Taylor, <laughs> to the weekly COVID news segment.
0: News, news, news. It's it's more of a bleh.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> news, 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 news. news. <laughs> Yeah, so there's just a little bit of COVID news this week. So far, we're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. The Falcons had another positive test. That's their fourth positive test of the year. But it sounds like they're going to be able to play. Now, this was a big week in corona news because the the Patriots-Broncos uh, game got postponed to this week. It just got pushed back a week, mm-hmm. which means the Broncos now no longer get a bye. This was their bye, except they already worked through you know, all but one or two days of it prepping to play a game. So they didn't yeah. really get a buy, and now they're yeah. not going to get a buy. Sucks to suck. I mean, when, <laughs> when you're a bad team, the NFL doesn't <laughs> they really push care you around to make accommodations for you. And that's what we're dealing with with the Broncos. Yeah. And then the Bills Titans game, the Titans finally got a game in after weeks of positive tests in their facility on a Tuesday and they blew out the bills (laughs) we now play with more rest we're gonna have to play the bills you know three days travel to Buffalo now the Chiefs are playing them on Monday afternoon and the bills are actually gonna get less rest for this game than the Chiefs are
0: yeah the Chiefs have two days on them because we played Sunday and they played Tuesday
1: yep but the COVID news this week appears to be positive. The Chiefs did have a strength trainer test positive. For Watch COVID how you use positive test. there. Uh, wah, wah, wah. The Chiefs did have a positive test among their training staff, but it seems like the Chiefs, unlike, say, the Titans, have followed protocol to the letter. I mean, we've had now two positive tests confirmed within the Chiefs, or three, I guess, because of Anthony Sherman. Yeah. He, well, didn't, test, he didn't test positive. No,
0: he was but in close he, contact with someone who did.
1: Or, you know, as I tweeted out, the virus was exposed to Anthony Sherman. (laughs) He was placed on the COVID list because of of possible close contact. COVID is sausage positive. Exactly right. It doesn't sound like he actually has had a positive test yet. The Chiefs had one with Jordan Te'amu and one with the strength coach. But even with two positives, you know, in the building, around the Mm -hmm. building, it hasn't spread it isn't a Titan situation. They, they haven't allowed it to, you know, kind of gather unchecked and that's a good sign that the chiefs are doing what they need to do. I mean, even with the, the Patriots, obviously it was just Newton and Stephon Gilmore oh, yeah. and, and, and Bill Murray, <laughs> Bill Murray, we talked of course, about him last week, but <laughs> uh, the, even they couldn't keep it from spreading the two of their star players. The chiefs have kept their star players healthy and they've kept them away from the COVID. And that's all we really can ask for in 2020.
0: And I think we're seeing the difference between, you know, the NFL was prepared for individuals to get it. They were the, the whole time they, they expanded the practice rosters and they have all the contact tracing. They're ready for single cases. What they were not prepared to handle was an entire team getting it. That was something that they figured that they, as long as teams followed the protocols, there would not be these massive positives that the Titans had. So clearly because the titans didn't follow protocols that's what threw the whole season into question and all that stuff as long as people follow the rules it's going to be all right we're going to have football
1: yep so before we get into the bills preview we did want to answer a mailbag question as always this is a good opportunity for us to plug our discord server you can dm taylor on twitter at taylor shoot him a message if you want to be invited to our discord server this comes from one of our favorite birds of war (laughs) Mac truck. Now that we have an announcement that Patrick and Brittany are going to be parents. I wonder what kind of a father do you think Pat will be? Maybe like his dad was taking him out to hang out in locker rooms and play around on NFL fields. Could it be possible that if it's a boy, Pat trains him to be a wide receiver and plays long enough that someday his son could be a chiefs wide receiver who he throws passes to, or Maybe a running back who he hands off to and protects his dad and pass pro. I love this. What question. do you think about this, Taylor? I mean, I mean, it's a it's a great question. It's a fascinating question.
0: <laughs> it's very heartwarming, James. Um, I think number one, what kind of father do you think Pat will be? I think that's a very easy answer. I think he will be the best father he's capable of being, which as far as I can tell, seems to be a damn good one. I mean, he if it's like anything else in his life, he's gonna excel at it because that's all he's done. And I think that he's already answered a little bit of this um, this week. Somebody asked him if he would prefer his kid to grow up and play football or baseball. And he just said, I just want my kid to do whatever it is that makes them happy and do it to the best of their ability, which is just as sure as slam dunk of an answer, as you can give. I mean, that's what, that's what Pat's whole life has been about doing the right thing and doing it the right way. And I just think this will be a situation where, you know, there, he's probably going to be extremely successful at raising his kid. And I think that, uh, I really like the thought of him being a non quarterback, his son, because I just assumed that if it was a son that played for the chiefs, that he would be a quarterback. And the day that Mahomes senior retired, the next game would be started by <laughs> Mahomes junior, right. or I guess Mahomes the second and Mahomes the third. Um, but, It's, uh, it's fun to think of them kind of griffing it up both out there on the same team, both, you know, both killing the game. That'd be really fun. Um, I'm not sure Pat's got the speed in his DNA to be a wide receiver. Brittany's probably pretty fast, but um, I feel like if he's going to train his son to be a football player, he probably would train him to be a really good defender because he'd be out there throwing against him. He'd grow up playing football against his dad and, I, I just feel like it would be like a more like a cornerback situation if if it's a non quarterback.
1: Yeah, I was just looking this up, and I don't think there's ever been a father son duo that has played at the same time in the NFL. You'd almost oh, have to Frank have Gore them. almost
0: has it. His son yeah. is in college. <laughs> That's very true. Actually, His sons are Frank running back Frank in college. Frank
1: Gore, Frank Gore could be the first one. The to time do stone. It. Frank Gore will, will steal his son's job and, yeah. you know, his son will be the, the <laughs> yeah. rookie draft pick coming right. in and Frank Gore will <laughs> sign midway through the season to take his son's it's job. It's
0: wild away. that there's an NFL team with the starting quarterback of Joe Flacco and the starting running back of Frank Gore.
1: I mean, in 2020. that, that is your 2020 New York Jets. Um, I think um, so it, it would be unprecedented. It, you would, you would basically have to have, one of them, the, the older one, would have to play a position where you could have a lot of longevity, like quarterback, quarterback yeah. where you're not getting hit, or, you know, like kicker. a special teamer. Yeah, a punter or a kicker. Um, you know, the the Colquitts the probably Col- came, came pretty close, uh, yeah. I would imagine. I'm sure Colquitts' oldest kids are probably pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he definitely could do it. I, I would prefer, I mean, my my ultimate preference would be, like you said, for pat two to hand off the ball to pat three like pat pat three comes in for a year he's the backup quarterback for a year can you imagine like them being Uh, on the bench together that'd be a lot of fun um we actually did get a little bit of an athletic profile I think I shouted this episode out uh when it happened but BJ Kissel when he was still with the Chiefs did a great interview with Bobby Stroop who's uh Pat's longtime trainer Mm -hmm. down in Texas uh, who's a great follow on Twitter but he actually gave a great interview about Pat's natural athleticism like it was a very honest interview like these are the things that his body is naturally good at and these are the things that we sort of train into him and he's also trained Brittany this whole time as well because they've been together obviously since high school so he's trained Brittany as an athlete too and he said you know just in terms of their natural ability I think he said that Brittany has like way more natural speed than Patrick sure. does. Sure. Uh, she's she's a top-tier athlete in her own right. So, I mean, you know, I don't know a lot about, say, the the Mannings, for example. Like, the Mannings are, you know, they've got their their football dynasty. Clay Matthews, that family's got a long tradition, obviously, like the Bosa's. But
0: the to be Price. honest
1: with you, I, I don't know that any of the mothers in there were bringing whole lot to the table athletically i don't i don't know that for a fact but it's obviously it's the fathers you know that played in the league obviously had the the natural athleticism the genes played at an nfl level I, it would actually be pretty crazy and i at patrick's mom, i don't know that she has any kind of I think professional athletic a of a, yeah, yeah
0: much of a history I, she
1: doesn't She doesn't seem like much of an athlete, but Brittany is a very good athlete in her own right and obviously has served as his trainer. Whatever his son ends up doing, if it's anything athletically, be it curling or basketball (laughs) or, you know, water polo, whatever it would be he's going to be great at it or she is going to be great at it. And, yeah. you know, they probably won't stop at one. So there could be, there could be a whole squad out there. He could, he could do the Phillip river situation <laughs> and he could have, you know, what would be fun is if he, if he spaced them out, like maybe a year, year and a half apart, he could just have a whole team of them not play with him necessarily, but play with each other. Right. Like they could all yeah. come up together. Yeah. You know, all the, all the pats thrown to each other, basically. <laughs> You know, you could be uh, like in Madden. so adorable. Have, yeah, you just have like five or six Pat Mahomeses on the field at the same time, like Pats four through eight or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great question, James. It, it was fun to kind of live that out. And, uh, and you know, 20 years from Maybe now. Maybe someday we will. We're going to see it. Yep. So let's hop into this. The Beals. Bills preview, Taylor. The Beals. For those of you that don't, Get that joke, but whenever we pronounce (laughs) it that way, this goes back to Pat's first year with the Chiefs. He ran a Madden League, and there was a great interview, which I try to retweet every year on the anniversary because it pops up in my feed. You know, this is what you're tweeting one year ago. Uh, Pat set up a Madden League, and he was the Chiefs because he's the quarterback. So, you know, he's, he actually said, like, I'm not going to play. <laughs> if, yeah, if, right, of course. If you if tell it don't can't be, me. be the Chiefs, yeah. which is which is such a power move. Yeah. Uh, But Tyreek was the Bills, and the way that he says the Bills is he calls them the Beals. I'm Beals. the Beals. And I'm trying to get myself <laughs> traded from the Chiefs to the, the Beals, Beals, but Pat won't trade me. <laughs> so he was trying to trade Pat Kelvin Benjamin. And yeah. First yeah. rounder. Right. and pat said nope he said no just
0: give me the first rounder and keep kelvin (laughs) (laughs) yeah right
1: um so we have the buffalo bills we're playing this game on monday afternoon i think it's a four Four o'clock arrowhead
0: time three o'clock your time
1: three o'clock my time which is wild i have a trial on monday and i'm hoping that i'm gonna be done with it by then at least maybe at least maybe i'll have it to the jury it's only a two witness case so hopefully I'll at least be able to like pop it on in my office or something while I'm waiting for my jury verdict. It's, it's a very strange situation. Make sure you make friends with the
0: judge (laughs) slash bailiff.
1: That's right. Um, It's a very strange situation, but the bills and the chiefs are both coming off their first losses of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The chiefs, obviously it was a much closer game for the chiefs. The bills got blown out by the Titans. And frankly, I mean, I mean, they got embarrassed. Yeah. But this is a this is a good matchup. I mean, it's going to be fun to see. Obviously, this was one that we kind of circled before the year started. You know, we thought we were going to be traveling to the East Coast on 3 days rest. That's not going to happen anymore. But this is just it's a it's a different matchup than maybe we would have predicted even 5 or 6 weeks ago because the Bills last year were an interesting offense, but kind of a gimmicky offense. And been an elite defense let's be clear like yep. one of the three or four best defenses in the nfl this year the bills defense has actually been pretty bad yeah they kind of flip-flopped yeah so the chiefs right now are second in offensive DVOA, that offensive efficiency metric from football outsiders that we like so much the bills are fifth which is frankly pretty incredible mm-hmm. um the chiefs though. On defense, are ninth. They're also top ten in defense, top ten in both offense and defense. And that dropped after the Raiders game. Yeah, for sure. It did. It, yes, it did. It dropped a spot. They were at eighth. Now they're down to ninth. The Bills are twenty-first, which honestly is amazing. I mean, this is a team with quite a bit of talent on the defensive side of the ball, and Sean McDermott is really a defensive coach and put together just a a great defensive football team last year, got them into the playoffs and should have won, probably should have won a playoff game had Josh Allen not, you know, peed down his leg. Yeah. But this is a good matchup. I mean, this is a good matchup for the Chiefs.
0: It's a super good matchup. It's, it's fun. It's something that um, Mahomes and Allen have kind of gone back and forth a little bit on their arm strength stuff. And I doubt we will get a throw off here, but it would be kind of fun if uh, the chiefs got there early enough pregame for Mahomes and Allen to go out on the field and maybe, maybe stretch their arms out a little bit. Um, You know, so far this year, Josh Allen has slightly, but better numbers than Mahomes does in a lot of categories. He has, 1589 pass yards compared to Mahomes, 1474. He has 14 touchdown passes compared to Mahomes, 13. Um, he's been, you know, he, he's been killing it. He's been doing really, really well. He has thrown three picks, uh, two of which were in the previous game. And Mahomes has thrown one pick, which was in the previous game. So they're both, they both came into this previous week home, throwing one combined interception. I don't know if you've seen the one interception that Josh Allen threw before this week, but it was a jump ball against the Rams where the bills receiver came down with it and then wrestled with the rams or the rams db and then in the end of the pile the refs awarded the rams it was, bills bills fans were pissed they were saying it was a one it was an asterisk on the interception it was it was pretty funny to me sure but he threw um, a
1: couple legitimate ones but, but he threw
0: some bad out. ones against the titans he looked rattled he looked like he was there was a lot of pressure on him to go out there and and keep up with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, and and he couldn't quite do it. So, it'll be fun. Um, the Bills are kind of, I like them. I I find them fun to watch. I think that oh, they very fun. Any team that can dethrone the Patriots in the AFC East is a lot of fun. So I know, like I've seen some Patriots fans on Twitter being like, "All right, we're Chiefs fans this week," and I'm like, "No, nah, no, nah, you you go back to your corner. We don't need you. You know, we I'm going to be a little upset if we beat the Bills just because it's going to make your jobs a little easier, but." Um, It's fun. It'll be it'll be a good game. I don't anticipate either of these teams um, playing as poorly as they did this previous game. So I think that it's going to be a well executed, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now, both defenses have a lot, um, you know, a lot of bumps and bruises from their previous game. And I don't know if any of those are going to get solved this week, but I'm looking forward to a entertaining Monday afternoon
1: game. It's going to be interesting to see how the bills attack the chiefs because our man, Warren sharp, who we hype a lot. If you're not following him, you absolutely should. Very, very smart man. Uh, you can learn a lot of football from him. He tweeted today that Patrick Mahomes this year against the blitz. We know how good he was against Baltimore, but overall in the season has completed 70% of his passes for 9.8 yards per attempt against the blitz. When teams do not blitz, He's at 62.1% completion, which is an 8% drop, and 7.1 yards per attempt, so 2.7 yards per attempt fewer when teams did not blitz, so when they're dropping guys in the coverage, when they're not bringing extra pressure, or when they're just bringing four rushers. The Bills blitz, Taylor, at the third highest rate in the league, 40.6% yeah. of the time. So this is really a – I don't know that I would say that they play – entirely similar styles of defense to the Ravens. But one thing that both of those teams do a lot is blitz and play man and the chiefs shred those kinds of defenses. We saw Patrick Mahomes have essentially one game this year where it was perfection. It was probably the best game of his career Uh and it was against Baltimore the team that can't pressure without blitzing and the blitzes at a super high rate and Baltimore did blitz him. I mean, yeah. we, I asked the question before kickoff, like, do is Baltimore really going to do what they usually do, which is blitz a lot. And they did. And they got absolutely crushed by it. <laughs> I mean, he destroyed the blitz in that game. And then and,
0: the Raiders blitzed him for the second fewest blitz percentage in Mahomes' career and still managed to get the second highest pressure rate on him. In Ugh. his career, so that was a horrible, horrible turnaround for the offensive line. Um, but it was also, I think, a lot of that was that they didn't blitz, so they dropped a bunch of guys back, and he would sit back there. They were all covered, and then when he starts to run around, and somebody can break off their block and go after him, I guess that's probably considered a pressure, even though it's more of like a coverage pressure than anything. But, right. um, but yeah, he uh, he has 126 rating against the blitz and 102 uh, not against the blitz and even more impressive to me, he's taken all six of his sacks this year under a normal rush. He has no sacks taken against the Blitz. So it it has never gotten home. It's just I mean, phenomenal.
1: It's it's crazy to me that anybody would ever even attempt to blitz him anymore. Right, right. and it's also, Yeah, it's also crazy to me that he's still just 25 or I mean you 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 always hear people say that you don't want to blitz an experienced quarterback, right? Like yeah, you know, the the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees of the world, when they when they get into their wily veteran stage, you know, they hit 30, 31, 32, and then into the back half of their career, they've seen so many different types of pressures mm-hmm. and packages and they know their offenses so well that they know when you're gonna bring pressure and they know exactly where they need to go to beat it. Well, Patrick Mahomes is already there, and he's been playing for three – this is his third full season in the NFL. I mean – He has the physical
0: gifts of a 25-year-old, too. So not only does he have the mind that can beat it, but he has the physical gifts that can beat it.
1: The legs and the arm. And my God, the physical gifts were on full display last week against the Raiders. That's really the only thing. And honestly, we've talked about this before when we talked about the Tennessee game from last year, the regular season game that the Chiefs lost in horrible, mind-numbing fashion. It's always just... It's so sad when we lose highlights yes. from games that we lost because the highlights from this game, the Raiders game that we're now circling back to for some reason, they would have been legendary had this been a win. And frankly, had one of them counted, that throw to Tyreek was like the play of the year. I mean, yeah. that was, oh, that ball dropped was almost 70 yards in the air. Josh Allen, eat your heart out into, right. into a bucket. Right. And it got hold, called back on a very questionable holding penalty. Just, yes. It was rough. But if the Bills are going to stick to their usual game plan and blitz on Monday, they're going to get crushed. And do you really think Josh Allen can keep up with Patrick Mahomes in a shootout?
0: <laughs> I'd like to find out, but it doesn't seem so. It definitely doesn't. Um, I do have one more split for Pat against the Blitz that I saw earlier this week that I loved, which is he has in his career, in his regular season career, he has thrown 18 interceptions and been sacked 49 times. Okay, total out of all plays. How many interceptions of those 18 do you think were against the Blitz? Um, Uh, I'll tell you that he's attempted 267 passes against the Blitz and 990 in a normal rush.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with two against is, the Blitz. It
0: is zero. He has it's thrown zero. all 18 oh interceptions my in a normal rush and zero interceptions against the Blitz. That's and then of his crazy. 49 sacks he's taken, I already told you that this year he has none taken against the Blitz. I'll just say that it was 41 to 8 normal rush versus Blitz. That's crazy it's crazy he just dices he's just they somebody sends an extra guy and he immediately knows okay if that guy's coming from there that means oh boom i don't have any coverage over here i'm
1: going there he's just it's perfect i was going to write about this for our parent website sports illustrated si.com slash
0: nfl slash chiefs
1: which taylor still contributes to i have not (laughs) been able to lately because my work and home life is insane right now you'll get back but I will I will get back to it eventually but I I will throw in this nugget you know Patrick Mahomes this year not only is he shredding the blitz as a passer but he's also doing so well as a runner he's so clutch as a runner he's mm-hmm. picked up these stats are a couple weeks old cuz i haven't updated them but through the first 4 weeks he had i believe 9 rushes on second third or fourth down and he picked up Eight first downs yeah, right. on thinking. nine rush attempts. It's crazy. I mean, that's, that's an 88% success rate. And on <laughs> the one that he didn't get it, uh-huh. he picked it up on the fourth down. Sure. Like, with his legs. Sure. They conver- or the Chiefs converted it in the Chargers game with a rush. I mean, he just is playing such smart football right now. It's, it's crazy. The Chiefs are probably going to be without Sammy Watkins in this game. They are going to be they without Kolechio yeah. Simile in this game. So they're a little bit banged up on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they're not going to have Le'Veon Bell in this game because he has to clear all the COVID protocols first. But I expect the Chiefs to score big in this game, and that just means we need a passable performance from a defense that you got to believe is really motivated Mm -hmm. to give you something. Because last week, they didn't give us much of anything at all.
0: No, and to go get it from Josh Allen, a guy that's another young up-and-coming quarterback. So we've seen this play out time and time again throughout Mahomes' young career, which is that every time he goes up against another young quarterback, everybody says, oh, here's the Brady-Manning matchup we've been looking for. It's Jared Goff, and it's Deshaun Watson, and it's, you know, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Anybody that is any good at all at a young age everyone's trying to shoehorn them into the next Brady Manning with Mah- with Mahomes and make no mistake Allen's now being talked about in that light too he's a young quarterback he's killing it so far this year and they're gonna say oh here we come here we go it's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes how many times are we gonna see this matchup throughout their right. long careers I mean they'll right. you know they'll love that stuff so the Chiefs know that. The Chiefs know that he's a guy that they need to go out there and put in his place a little bit. And I, I, I'm i not sure if they're going to be super successful against Josh Allen. I do think the Chiefs will have enough to win. But I think it's going to be something like 31-28. It's probably going to be a pretty close game.
1: I will say I think the Chiefs can have success against Josh Allen. I think that I've already made it very clear what I think about this – past week's performance sure I don't even think that the Chiefs game plan against the Raiders was that bad they they clearly were geared up to stop what the Raiders traditionally have always done yep. and I guess if you want to give credit to the Raiders for like throwing a deep pass yes. when they'd never do that okay right. great maybe they've just been playing the long con
0: for, for five years, years. yeah for
1: decades yeah Derek Carr was the playing Carr was drafted. This moment, this moment, uh, if we were ever going to see Jace Frost come out of retirement, by the way, it would have mm-hmm. been this week. You're right. But we didn't because it's Derek Carr and he got caught. He got busted. Boom. If you guys want the story on that, you can go listen to our back episode, Sports Illustrated's Century. Trial of the Century. <laughs> yep, that's yep. exactly right. It's going to be a good game, Taylor. What's your official score prediction? 31 you said 28. 31, 31 28, good cheap. guys. Yep. I'm going to go 30. 828 Chiefs. I think 28 for the Bills sounds about right, but I think the Chiefs put a little bit more on the board on Monday afternoon. We'll talk about it next week. It's always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. Mm-hmm.